The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing is brought to you by BDA Radio. BDA Radio doesn't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all of the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves. BDARadio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 44 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com. And the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined as always by independent wrestling veteran, the Kingpin, Brian Malonez. Happy Thanksgiving, sir. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, it's Thursday, right? Yeah, what about happy birthday, though? Oh, that's already passed, Brian. It's Thursday. <laughs> You know, Mike, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I went through all the trouble of putting together a big special birthday episode for you. And what do you got for me? NXT. Yeah. Very disappointing. What do you mean? It wasn't a disappointing show. <laughs> no, but, you know, I thought you'd have something special for me. Well, how do you know that I don't? No, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, all right. Well, yes. Happy birthday, Kingpin. Your birthday was Wednesday. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll get many of the accolades. We're recording on Tuesday night just to break the fourth wall here and take a peek behind the curtain. And I'm sure you'll be getting accolades all day long on Wednesday uh, that will pale in comparison to my little happy birthday right here. So happy <laughs> birthday. Thanks, buddy. All right. Well, and you'll be wrestling on your birthday as well. I will indeed. Yeah. By the time... Uh this goes down, Mike. Uh, I will have already successfully defended the UFO Heavyweight Championship. Well, congratulations in advance. <laughs> Thank you. And in the present. <laughs> All right. Well, Brian, coming up, we've got Merv Griffin time. That's where we get your thoughts, not yours, Brian, but the fans' thoughts, and answer their questions, plus one more criminal cackle will be immortalized in our Heal Laugh Hall of Fame. That's a little later on, but first... We usually discuss a different topic each week voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. But we kind of have a tradition here when we do uh, the NXT TakeOver recast because you like watching NXT TakeOvers, right? I do, I, although I always seem to have APW on, on the nights of NXT TakeOvers. I don't know what the deal is. Uncle Eddie should plan a little better, shouldn't he? I know, right? Come on. Uh, so, yes, we're going to talk NXT TakeOver War Games from Houston, Texas, from last Saturday night. And we'll do like we usually do. We have a number of categories, and we will give our favorites in those categories. We've got five in total here. And let's just get right into it. It was a great night of wrestling. What are your overall takes before we get into this? Well, I'll tell you an overall take. Boy, did it look scarcely attended. Just an observation. I, th I don't know if it's just because maybe maybe Houston's not a strong market for NXT, but I I've never noticed on previous uh, NXT specials as many empty seats, and I looked like to me they had darkened the upper level of the arena to me. At least that's what it looked like to me. 
it was one of those things. I mean, they've done it in Brooklyn with more success, but they have the same building booked for four nights straight. Saturday for NXT TakeOver, Sunday for the pay-per-view, and Monday and Tuesday for Raw and SmackDown. So, uh, like I said, for Brooklyn, they have a little more success, but I guess Houston, Texas, they couldn't fill the place four straight nights, which is a tall task. Right, but what do you I mean? Do you think there's anything behind it? Do you think, have they overkilled the, the TakeOver stuff a little bit? Have they, is the NXT roster not maybe what it once was? What do you, what do you think, Mike? It's definitely, it doesn't have the same cachet that the NXT brand did. It's got cachet at the yin-yang, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it ha- it did, and it still has a little bit, but yeah, the, I mean, the, you know, the class of Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, that is gone. They've all, of course, graduated to the main roster, and yeah, it is, it doesn't have the same, the same va-va-voom as it once did, I think. So, <laughs> so right. it's, yeah, so it's, uh, they have some work to do. They've obviously added to the ranks with a lot of ROH talent, including the three in the main event, well, actually four in total that are in the main event of uh, the NXT TakeOver War Games, and our buddy Donovan Dijak down there as well, looking to make his impact, hopefully shortly. But yeah, there's this, it hasn't connected like it has in the past. I'm not sure if this is something that's a lull, this is momentary, or if this is a long-term thing where just the magic is gone. I wouldn't say it's gone, but the magic isn't what it once was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, remains to be seen. But, you know, to me, again, I wonder a little bit, are they doing them a little too often now? They seem to be, they seem to be more often now than, than they previously were. I think, again, as not just WWE, I think it's a common thing in society. Oh, we have this good thing here. Let's completely just whore it out and, and not make it special anymore and try to squeeze every last dollar out of it as quickly as we possibly can. Yeah, I mean, I think they're doing, what, probably five a year now, I think? Yeah, I, I don't know the exact number, but they just they feel much more frequent. But, I mean, they haven't had a bad one yet, if you ask me. Yeah, I'm right there with you, buddy. This was another really good show. Where would you rank this in terms of, like, would you would it be an upper-tier takeover, a mid-tier takeover, or a lower-tier takeover? I think I think somewhere in the middle, probably. Yeah. Okay. Which I think is probably disappointing for them, you know, with bringing back war games. I'm, I'm sure they were looking to hit a grand slam here, but I think they hit a, a good, solid, you know, triple. Yeah, I mean, triples are very rare. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a triple. Nothing wrong with a triple, Brian. All right, let's get into this. We have a number of categories here. The first one that we're going to get into here is the spot of the night. And what do you got for this, Kingpin? Spot of the night for NXT TakeOver War Games. Oh, Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to uh, one of our buddies uh, in the War Games match itself, Warbeard Hansen, doing the coast-to-coast. Brian? What? That was not Warbeard Hansen. What do, you, what do you mean it wasn't Warbeard Hansen? He's, he is not signed to NXT. He, uh, he is in Japan. He is in Ring of Honor. Uh, this was Killian Dane. Oh, well, I'm, boy, I'm, in, I'm embarrassed here. I, I, sent, uh, I sent Warbeard congratulatory uh, texts after that match. And I'm sure he took it in stride. 
<laughs> yes, of course, I'm talking about Killian Dane, who does bear a striking resemblance both in physical stature and in wrestling attire. And I do believe that you did text Warbeat Hanson congratulating him. <laughs> I didn't this time, but I did text him uh, uh, after the last takeover. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if he'd get the text anyways right now. Shockingly, he's in Japan. I, it's you know he's he's not there very often, but you know <laughs> <laughs> they're doing the tag league over there for New Japan now. So yeah, it's a big big time of the year for the War Machine of. Hanson and Rowe. Uh, so yeah, yes, friggin', friggin' impressive though. I know, I know it was a little, it wasn't quite full coast to coast. I, I understand before people are jumping on me on on Twitter about it, but it was still freaking impressive from a guy that size to to pull that off. Yeah, and he was working his ass off the entire match. Uh, I mean, obviously everyone was, but he in particular uh, showcased a lot of his athleticism on this night. But uh, when it comes to the spot of the night for me, I mean, I got a couple here from from War Games. I'll go with the superplex. The superplex off the top of the cage. I know there was a lot of back and forth on the tweeter, on social media, People lamenting the fact that the War Games cage did not have a top as it did in the NWA and WCW. But with the cage top gone, they were allowed to do things like this superplex off the top of the cage. And it was Adam Cole that was looking for some help there and didn't get a ton of help. It looked like they, they slowed him very slightly, but he did go straight down to the mat from the very top of the War Games cage. So uh, I'm sure that didn't uh, that didn't tickle. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure it did not. It's a long way down. You know, I don't I don't necessarily like taking taking bumps off the top rope, so yeah, I don't. I don't know about about taking it from the top of a cage to the, uh, you know, to the floor. I th- the only you know, the only thing I was mildly surprised by. I thought, you know, when they said no top, and I don't know why. I don't know. I guess. I mean, I guess it doesn't make any sense. But I envisioned it uh, going around the ring like Hell in a Cell, not quite like you know, yeah. You know, but it didn't. Obviously, it was very traditional in that sense, where it was just on the ring. Yeah, I mean, that was the War Games cage was. The same way. I mean, it's pretty similar to the WCW War Games cage, just without the top and with the trusses across the top, like WWE has with all their cages. Yeah, which is cool. Allowed them to do to do, and I I agree with the um, you know not doing the the roof on top. It allowed for more you know more spots, more more things they could do with it. So I think yeah, I think a good move overall by WWE there. So okay, let's move on to. Kingpin, the finish of the night. What do you have on this? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little different here, Mike. Uh, maybe a little surprising to you. Uh, okay. I'm gonna say the the finish of the women's match, the kind of double. I'm sure she has a fancy name for it that I don't really know. Uh, but Ember Moon kind of coming off the top and and going into like a stunner, like a double stunner on on Peyton Royce and Nikki Cross. Just incredible athleticism out of, out of ember moon and i i thought it was a i thought it was a really great finish i believe it's called the total eclipse or something Thank like you. that i knew it, i knew it must have had some sort of name yes but performing that on two people at once and one goes kind of flying out of the ring the other one remains so ember moon 
gets the pin, captures the women's championship. Yeah, that was a really innovative spot. Really cool, really different. Of course, it's a four-way match. What'd you think about this women's match overall? Um, I I mean, it was good. I, I wasn't blown away by it, especially with, with the way the bar has kind of been set for the NXT women's division and, and the matches that they've had at previous takeovers. But I, again, I thought it, I thought it was good. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think anything on this show was bad. Yeah, they're still striving to get to that level and obviously that level was so high that it might be impossible with uh, you know (laughs) you're not getting the same caliber of talent i mean the pool of women's talent out there obviously a lot smaller than than the men's i mean that's just a numbers game so it's tough to get the top flight women Uh, i mean they have some top flight women at their disposal between the Raw women's roster, the SmackDown women's roster, and the NXT women's roster, goodness gracious, that is that is a lot of female talent. Um, I mean, the most probably the most robust you know female roster the WWE has ever had. Yeah, and I'm not saying anything bad about the women in this match. They did a a fantastic job. It's just uh, not at the level. They're not Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and and Charlotte and and Bailey. They're just not not that caliber of performer or Asuka even like, you know, they're not, they're not to that level of performer. And that's, that's not a bad thing. I mean, they're still good performers. It's just, I, it's, it's tough when you have, uh, you know, a division that was just absolutely stacked. Yeah. You know, even if it takes even a little bit of a dip, people are going to notice. Okay. The finish of the night for me, I will say the Andrade Almas slingshot DDT, which was the, the finish that got him the NXT championship over Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, I think, came out of that hurt. I'm not sure if it was from the DDT. Or, I think it might have been something before that because his his arm or something was injured. I read, I read today it was that it was on the DDT. Okay, so I mean, yeah, it looked devastating as all hell, <laughs> which made it a tremendous finish. And sometimes that happens where the, the finish looks that good because it was that bad, basically. <laughs> and I think that's what we got here from uh, Andrade Almas. And we think we talked about this last time when we were uh, talking about TakeOver. I mean, just the rise of Cien Almas from where he was when we saw him in NXT Lowell two years ago now, uh, well, a year and a half ago, let's say, just to where he is now as a heel with uh, Zelina Vega as his manager. It's just been meteoric. Yeah, he's outstanding. I mean, he is just an outstanding wrestler. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was a bit of a surprise. Uh, and, and admittedly, I haven't been watching NXT, you know, the NXT weekly program religiously, but a bit of a surprise that he won the championship. But yeah, he's he is he's something special, I think. Yeah, definitely. And the fact that Drew McIntyre lost, I don't think it's a, you know, a, a lack of confidence in his abilities. Maybe they were thinking before the injury anyway that he was uh, going to the main roster. I'm not sure, but uh, I think it's more just a, a vote of confidence in Andrade Almas after all he's been through. Yeah, you wonder what the terms of Drew McIntyre's contract was coming back. I'm guessing he got a pretty good deal and you know, maybe the maybe the plan wasn't for him to be in NXT long term. I mean, the guy looks like the damn champion of the world. I mean, just you know, I I think Drew McIntyre has to find a way to connect with the WWE audience. But the look, the athleticism, the ability—I mean, Drew McIntyre should be a main eventer in WWE someday. Are you saying he's the chosen one? 
<laughs> I'm not saying he's the chosen one, but the dude looks, you know, looks the part and and can perform the part. It's just can he connect with the fans well enough to to be that guy? Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, let's move on to moment of the night, Brian Malonis. What do you think? Well, I'm going to go back to the well, Mike. I'm going to go back to the women's match and say Ember Moon finally capturing the NXT Women's Championship in her home state, and then Asuka being the one to present the uh, the championship to her. I thought that was uh, a very cool moment, a nice bow on on their story, and it, it was cool to see her finally finally ascend to that. I think I think that's what. For a while, people had been predicting maybe she was going to be the one to defeat Asuka. Uh, so for her to finally do it, do it in her home, you know, do it in her home state, uh, and then have Asuka there to present the belt to her, I thought was uh, was a fantastic moment. And it was a bit of a surprise. I mean, Peyton Royce, uh, I think Nigel said this on the broadcast, she was Twitter's pick to be the next champion. Of course, some people saying Kari Sane, who was the winner of the Mae Young Classic, was be the next champion, but yeah, Ember Moon, I think when she came in, she came with a lot of fanfare, uh, some great vignettes. She, maybe a little bit of a stutter step for her uh, in terms of from when she came in to where she is now, but she's been christened. She's the next NXT Women's Champion, and we'll see where it goes from here, I guess. Well, think, I mean, just, I don't know, think about WWE a little bit, and when you think about marketing and merchandising and um, things of that nature. I think Ember Moon is kind of the total package in that. So, um, I mean, from that standpoint, not a not a gigantic shock there with uh, all the things they can probably do with her from a merchandising standpoint. Okay, moment of the night for me, Brian. How about Lars Sullivan getting kicked in the face <laughs> multiple times from Cassius Ono and no selling it? <laughs> I have felt those kicks firsthand fairly recently, and uh, quite well, a feat. I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess a year ago or so ago now, but those are not forgiving. <laughs> so, so him no selling that—that's quite a feat, pun intended. I heard it the first time, and I chose to ignore it. <laughs> Come on, give it to me. <laughs> Christ's sake. Yeah, Lars Sullivan, what do you think of this guy? I think uh, they have, obviously, a lot of faith in him. They're giving him this personality where he has no selling. He is taking... Uh, it's one of Cassius's signature moves, like the discus elbows, and he's just eating them and absorbing all this punishment and no selling it. So, obviously, they see big things for Lars Sullivan. What do you see for him? Uh, I mean, you know you know who he almost kind of reminds me of a little bit is, is Kozlov and... Uh, okay. Those guys always seem to get to a certain point in WWE, and then nothing. There's nothing WWE likes to do more with a guy they've built that way than to just have them beat all of a sudden out of nowhere. So, I, I I don't know. I don't know if I see main eventer in Lars Sullivan. I mean, maybe, but I I don't know if I see him ultimately as a guy who WWE is going to push to the moon. All right, well, I'm not sure about that. They have a ton of faith in him, especially on the NXT level. I mean, we've learned time and time again that that means nothing when it comes to the main roster. But (laughs) Exactly. Talk about, I mean, pause for one moment here. Let's talk about Cassius Ono. What a a bit of a disappointment his run has been so far in NXT. What do you think? It seems like he's the setup guy. He's the guy that gets these new guys great matches. I mean, obviously his role as a veteran in NXT is 
to work with these newer guys and bring them up to his level. And I, I mean, it's a disappointment to his fans, to people that want to see him excel and do great things and perhaps win a championship or be in a top program. But I mean, it's good for the other guys on the roster because they get to work with him and be brought up to his level. So it's just a disappointment in terms of, yeah, if you wanted to see Cashisono work for the championship, to win the championship, to be a top guy in NXT, yeah, it's a disappointment. But I think that he's doing what he's being asked to do and what he's probably the most qualified to do on that roster. And that's, you know, work with these new guys and to get them experience and get them used to having good matches. Right. I just don't see him as a guy. Like I look, I look at, you know, and, and he has the talent to do it. I just, I, I, I don't think they're ever going to promote him to the main roster. I, re- I really don't. I think he is earmarked to, to probably remain in NXT and until, they decide they're they're going to move on from him. Obviously, they got him in the t-shirt. They don't want him to wrestle without the t-shirt. Apparently, um, well, yeah, he's got like the basketball jerseys there. Yes, that he wears that, and it's, it's it's such a weird look. I think, and I wouldn't see Vince McMahon salivating over the chance to have Cassisono on on one of the main rosters either. So you may have a point there. He may be destined to be the go-to guy in NXT, but. As for the main roster, I don't know. All right, Kingpin, we're getting down to it. The match of the night. Your thoughts, sir? Ooh, boy. You know, I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the heavyweight title match. I thought I thought it was a little bit a, a slow beginning, but but especially some of the false finishes, especially the spot where Zelina Vega gave McIntyre the Hurricane Rana, the short Hurricane Rana in the ring while. Uh, Cien Almas went to get the title, and then and then he came in and followed it right up. And what a great false finish! The crowd bit hard on it. And but yeah, overall, I thought that was a that was a really really great match. And I think uh, again, a bit of a surprise a surprise ending for the crowd. And the crowd went crazy. It's funny he 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 he's booked as a heel, but it sure didn't sound like it from crowd reactions. No, it's, it definitely did not. Okay, I will say for my match of the night. I'm surprised we haven't talked about it. I mean, it's, we've for 20 minutes into this thing, we haven't talked about it yet. Alistair Black and the Velveteen Dream. Brian, what do you think of the Velveteen Dream? I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, when you get a guy that is willing to commit to something, it's a great thing because I know, Brian, when we've been around, we've been around forever, right, brother? <laughs> But when we've been around and is someone, I'm not sure if this is a gimmick that was handed to him or not. My guess, I, I think, is it something that he came up with. But when someone's going through the motions, you can tell it's terrible. When it's not something you believe in your heart, it is hard to give your all to it. You but, accused me of that one time immediately after a match. I don't remember that. What did I do? <laughs> oh, you sure did. You asked me if I was sabotaging an angle. <laughs> Wow. Maybe we'll talk yeah. about this at some other point. Yeah, we, we should. I was ready to break your fucking neck. <laughs> we're, short on, we're short on time, Kingpin, or we get right into it. <laughs> moving, moving on quickly. Uh, yeah, the Velveteen Dream, just somebody who is, as I said, 100% committed to this. And the match they had was fantastic. And more, uh, 
out of anything in this night, more of a a storyline. Two guys that have clearly defined characters, and the fact that you know Velveteen Dream is trying to get Alistair Black to say his name, and finally, apparently, he got the respect of Alistair Black for having after having this great match, and he did say Velveteen Dream's name on the microphone after the match. So it's a great kind of wrap up of that little tale. And just the match overall, some great false finishes, amazing false finishes, some innovative stuff in there. This one really blew me away. And I was really, especially since I haven't really seen Velveteen Dream much, if at all, just the fact that this guy comes from Tough Enough. He was known as Patrick Clark and on the scene and pulls off something like this with Aleister Black. Obviously, I'm sure. Uh, Mr. Tommy End had a lot to do with it, but just the fact that this match happened was amazing to me. And the other thing that's amazing to me is we both give it our matches of the night, and neither of them were war games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, th- I, I mean, war games was exactly what I expected, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't blown. I mean, great, some great spots, but. I mean, maybe because I I haven't kept up with the story, so maybe it was lacking the drama a little bit for me. I also thought the finish was a little anticlimactic. Yeah, that was a little weird. But you know, I, I mean, they, those guys. I think that match was more. Those guys worked their asses off and took tremendous bumps than it was a great match. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like you said, the finish sometimes that means everything. If you you can have a ton of fireworks going on all match long. But if that finish falls flat, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And that kind of taints the entire experience of watching it. And Eric Young holding up the chair in front of his face. He's on the mat. And then Adam Cole running in with the kick or the knee. It just, after everything we'd seen in this match, that was, yeah, like you said, anticlimactic. And it took away from the match. And, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I get you, Mike. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was just a little. I mean, not, not that it was bad. It was just anticlimactic, and I, I don't know. Like it wasn't a, again. This entire show was very good, and I and I enjoyed it uh, very much. So I mean, I mean, I mean, really, you you have plenty of choices for all these categories that we're that we're picking from here. And let's get the last one in quick here. MVP of the night for NXT TakeOver War Games. Kingpin, your thoughts. MVP of the night. Well, you, you stole my thunder a little bit there with your uh, soliloquy on the Velveteen Dream because that's who uh, I intended to pick here as my MVP. I, I absolutely loved this character. And I've seen very limited uh, you know, uh, of it, uh, but... You know, you know what I, I again. You talked about the level of commitment, and the level of commitment for him was from the time he came through the curtain uh, until you know the cameras went off of him at, after the match. This guy was in character, completely entrenched in it, completely believable, and that sort of gimmick is not one. That it's easy to pull off, and it's one that, like you said, Mike, you have to be totally committed, or or they it just feels forced and weird and fake and and and, and not something the fans can connect to. But I mean, I mean, I, by the end of that match, I mean, the crowd was so behind both guys, and and just uh, yeah, I, I think the Velveteen Dream has some. I think I mean I think ultimately too, the dude's going to be a baby face. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm probably a big baby face too. Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely, 
absolutely loved it. My MVP of the night, NXT TakeOver War Games, the Velveteen Dream. All right. Well, my MVP is a little unorthodox. And, I mean, we referenced it earlier. I mean, you talked about the crowd was a little smaller than you'd seen on previous NXTs. But this crowd was really into the show the whole night. I'm going to give the MVP to the Houston crowd that night, uh, that Saturday night at, for NXT TakeOver War Games. The crowd they was... Were small, they were small but hot. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we've heard that before, haven't we? Um <laughs> I mean, a lot bigger than a lot of the crowds we've heard that about. Um, but yes, there were. It was a smaller crowd for an NXT takeover, but this crowd was amazing, hotter than they were for Survivor Series. I'll tell you that. Uh, but the NXT crowds overall are just really passionate crowds for the NXT guys, and this crowd was no exception. Kudos to the Houston crowd this night because they really elevated. I mean, some of these matches to even higher levels than they could on their own. Just because if you have a great crowd, it just elevates everything. It elevates the guys in the match. It elevates the match itself. I think this is exhibit A of that. This Houston crowd just did great things. So MVP for me, the crowd at War Games. Yeah, we talk about it every time, Mike, with these takeovers. But the crowd also seems to, to be hot because they're not giving an opportunity to run out of steam. You know, and I understand with some of the bigger paper, like a WrestleMania, I, I still don't get WrestleMania having to be seven hours or whatever the hell it is every year now. Oy. Um but these pay per views that are three and a half, four, five hours, like man, and and I kinda remember back to remember some of the, the better uh in your houses back in the day, and those were like two and a half hours. Uh a more concise show, get down to it. Like there's so much damn talking and story development on every freaking episode of Raw and SmackDown. Like, I, I just don't understand why WWE doesn't look at the formula of these shows and, at the very least, make the off, uh, you know, make the off pay-per-views, the single-branded pay-per-views, two and a half hours, quick hitting, intense action. I, I don't know why they don't do that. I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, it's on their network. Uh, so it's not like, I mean, I guess they're still on traditional pay-per-view too, but Jesus, I, I think, I think as a, as a whole, the WWE product would, would benefit from, you know, more concise, shorter, shorter shows and, and no better example than, than these NXT takeovers when even the, again, we talked about the level of talent, maybe not quite at what it was, you know, a, a short while ago, but still delivers and fantastic show every single time just good stuff man good stuff fun wrestling show to watch it keeps your attention and by the end of it it leaves you wanting more not saying oh my god was that was that laborious <laughs> we need more always more brian more 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 no i need i need less with, with i need more action <laughs> compacted into less time well, yes, agreed, Kingpin. But uh, I, I mean, again, if, keep if on dreaming. The NXT product. I, I I don't know how many fans go to live events, not not TV tapings, but the house shows, the actual live events. But if you're a fan, a little bit dis, you know, disenfranchised with maybe WWE programming. I know in in the area here in New England, there's some house shows rolling through soon. Go to a house show, and you'll get a whole different perspective, how quick and to the point it is. You see guys wrestle, actually get time and wrestle and, and put in uh, you know, good quality matches. It almost reminds you of TakeOver a little bit. Yeah, house shows are definitely recommended. It's 
great show. They interact with the crowd. There is a more personal feel to everything they do. They have fun out there. They're not kind of nervous about TV time and all this stuff. So yeah, house shows are definitely a recommended option if you're looking to uh, switch it up from what you're getting on the WWE Network. All right, that is our review of NXT TakeOver War Games. And people have been talking about War Games, Survivor Series, and everything all week on Twitter. And we're going to talk about it now in Merv Griffin time that is named for your favorite episode, Brian, of our favorite show, Seinfeld. Of course, we're doing voicemails over on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. So get yours in now. We will play it over there on that show. Call 401-584-9726. Let us know your thoughts on TakeOver. Let us know your thoughts on the Survivor Series. Anything pro wrestling related, call 401-584-WPAN. And yes, if this is the first time you're listening to us this week, you should listen to us on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network every Monday on their own feed. Find both our weekly podcasts by searching WPAN on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to subscribe and the way to participate here on Merv Griffin Time to uh, get us to read your tweets on the air, use our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. And let's start with Marty Howell at Martin Howell 71 on Twitter. He says, silly question on the movie you reviewed, Grunt, the wrestling movie, was the decapitated champion a world champion? Ooh. And I did go and look this up. I, I actually went back and watched some more of the movie. I got a second viewing in, at least a, a couple minutes of it. And during the opening scene where Mad Dog Joe DeCurso is wrestling Skull Crusher Johnson, he is called, Skull Crusher is called the World's Heavyweight Wrestling Champion at one point. So I think, yes, Skull Crusher Johnson, Marty Howell, a world champion and if you want to hear us talk about grunt the wrestling movie with the boys from the main event podcast on the new age insiders wrestling network last week's show last week's bda radio podcast we talked about the best survivor series team Randall Keough, our good friend on Twitter, at Randall Keough, he says, for him, the best team in his opinion, the Dream Team from 1989, Dusty Rhodes, Brutus Beefcake, Tito Santana, and the Red Rooster. Wow. Talk about being contrarian. (laughs) I don't know if he's being facetious or not, but I mean, some great characters, I guess. No. I reject this. (laughs) Okay. I, I flat out reject this. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry, Randall. I sound like you, Michael, when I give my picks. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Randall also said, Rude's Brood was 1989. The perfect team was 1990. So I guess I, I said Rude's Brood was from 1990. It was from 1989. So my mistake. Thank you for the correction, Randall. Jimmy James Malonis, the playboy, your very own flesh and blood, Kingpin. He is at double J underscore Malonis on Twitter, and he shared with us a video. We had talked about demolition and how in the graphic for the match with the perfect team, which was Mr. Perfect and the three members of demolition, demolition was wearing these wrestling masks instead of their face paint. And I had said, I don't think they ever wore those masks on TV. Well, If you go on Twitter, we shared it recently on our Twitter at the WPAN. Jimmy shared with us a match from October of 1990 
Uh, it was from WWF Superstars, Vince McMahon and Roddy Piper on the call. And it was a six-man tag team match with Demolition against three enhancement talents. And yes, all three members of Demolition wearing their masks. So they did actually wear them in the ring, albeit for a short period of time. This is October. The following month was, of course, Survivor Series, and they had already ditched them by that time. So I guess they probably wore them for one set of tapings, maybe two. So Well, you are a, you are a fountain of misinformation, Michael. Huh. Will you stop? Uh, Steven, my nemesis at HHHGuy2004. Here we go. <clears throat> he says, so wait, you screwed the best angle playoff over on this week's poll only to pick a team for best Survivor Series team that last week you picked for the worst angle payoff. Mike, you're a walking contradiction. <laughs> I fully support uh, Steven in this, uh, in this claim, Michael. You are you are a walking contradiction. I, I you justify yourself, Mike. Justify yourself. Well, I'm trying to think. What was it? I, I, the worst angle payoff. What did I have for the worst angle payoff? You said the um, the invasion. And then I said, yeah. I mean, I I told Stephen on Twitter, the fact that the premise of the match stinks doesn't mean there weren't amazing teams involved. You don't agree with this. Uh, well, I I just think it's a little contradictory, Mike, to do that. I think I think Stevens right on the money. I think I think you're getting called out, and I uh, I fully support it. Uh, well, <laughs> someone who doesn't support it, someone who doesn't support WWE, is booking the territory. Pro wrestling podcast show Twitter is at BTT underscore podcast. He says I'd give our opinion over here at BTT headquarters, but we hate the WWE. Hashtag Southern Wrestling for life. <laughs> uh. We'll hear a little bit more from them in just a second. But uh, Mark Sherman. How long has it been since you heard that name? Mark Sherman? What? <laughs> Wait a minute. No. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> At Mark Sherman on Twitter. And that's Sherman with a U. And don't you forget about it. Uh, he says his best team, Brett, Piper, Bulldog, and At The Real Virgil. Hashtag team fuck money. Uh, that was a very good team i actually watched that match pretty recently and john morse here he is at j-o-n-s-u-p-r-m-n he is my best friend he says hey kingpin check this out and he shared with you an image saying that hercules hernandez is going into the 2018 new england pro wrestling hall of fame i guess he's looking for your thoughts on that yeah so is brian fury so well, you said that uh, Hercules Hernandez is the worst part of any Survivor Series team that he is on. <laughs> Essentially, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and take a shit on the guy who's getting inducted into a Hall of Fame. He's obviously passed away. Well, not obviously. I don't know why I said obviously passed away. The man has passed away. But Hercules Hernandez, as a pro wrestler, stunk. I'm sorry. I did not enjoy him. Uh, and I'm not going to back off it. He did, however, have a long, a very long prosperous career in wwe my goodness wow the man passed away did you like the mighty hercules power and glory yeah i i, I did see mike I, I recently i watched this past weekend a uh i started watching a saturday night's main event where the main event was hogan versus hercules i didn't watch the match but in the opening clip where they were showing clips of the mighty hercules i saw him wearing like the like the Spartan outfit that he wore in the LJN figure. I'd never really? seen that. I'd never had laid eyes on that before. Wow. Huh. So I was I was it did exist. It did exist. Huh. 
Tremendous. Okay, let's move on to Monday. We talk about the Survivor Series, among other things, on the NAI Wrestling Network. Go back and listen to episode 83 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. And Stephen checking in once again at HHHGuy2004. We talked about, I mean, you just talked about a little while ago, the length of these things. Seven hours of coverage, I believe, for Survivor Series this past Sunday. And Stephen says, luckily the Patriots were killing the Raiders from 4.30 to 7. I didn't have time to catch that must-watch pre-show. <laughs> that is correct. I, I didn't have time either, but I wasn't watching the Patriots. Randall Keel at Randall Keel on Twitter says, if Braun went through the German announce table via a suplex, shouldn't it have been a German suplex? Yes. I guess you could call any suplex through the German announce table a German suplex, right? Agreed. All right. Greg Myron, our good friend at Lone Wolf GAM. He says, things I learned from this week's at the WPAN episode. John Cena and Mrs. Cena have still yet to be married. That's sketchy. <laughs> I guess it is. Well, I mean, Nikki is not yet Mrs. Cena. So and there has been a Mrs. Cena in the past, at least one, right? Uh <laughs> So they are still not married. Um, I'll, I'll I'll say that for sure. But yes, uh, I mean they just got engaged at WrestleMania. Give them give them some time, right? Give them some time. Yeah, you need some fiance time. You need some make your friends jealous time, right? Thank you very much. Just like Elaine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, Brian Malonis. This was not from Twitter, but I got this. This is a Skype message. That I got while we were recording this past Sunday. And uh, let's see if you knew who this is from just the tone and the content of this message. He says, I hope you're recording right now and I hope you see this. Motherfuck that big nose bitch and that fucking finish. Give me 60 seconds in the ring with him and I cave that bitch's knee in. Can you guess who that is? I, I can't believe Todd Sinclair would say such things. Oh, no. <laughs> How did you guess? Oh, Mike Mills. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what his... I, I, I keep telling him he should be thanking his lucky stars for Triple H. It gets him... Triple H is the one that got him all of his Mid-South on the WWE Network. He should be praising this man daily and nightly. Oh, everybody's got their panties up in a bunch over the Triple H thing. And and, uh, I don't know. It's like they just can't just fucking watch it and like don't overanalyze it. I mean, if you're really overanalyzing it, the whole fucking point of it was to put Braun Strowman over at the end on Triple H, who, like it or not, is one of the biggest names in company history and is the COO of the company in a storyline sense. Like, it's... I mean, the greater point there was Braun Strowman stood tall after kicking Triple H's ass, and Triple H actually, you know, tucked his tail and and you know uh, wasn't was afraid of somebody. So, uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, you did address this on this past Monday's episode on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network, episode eighty-three. Make sure you check it out. Brian talks at length about uh, the fact that Triple H is being called out for burying young talent. So check that episode out, and you can get his uh, deeper thoughts on that whole situation. <laughs> yes, young talent, the thirty-seven and thirty-eight year olds. Yes. Uh, so thank you to Mike Mills, and thank you to everyone who's a part of Merv Griffin Time this week. And we look forward to talking to you on Twitter, and we'll bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the BDA 
Radio Network. All right, Triple H is putting over Braun Strowman. We're putting over podcasts. That is the name of the Facebook group. We started to bring all pro wrestling podcasters and listeners together. We're all talking about wrestling talk in there. Come on over and join us. Putting over podcasts. Put that in the search bar. Join the group. And let's get talking about your favorite wrestling podcasts. And Book of the Territory, we've talked about it. Mike Mills does it twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays. MikeMills.Podbean.com, Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. That is the Southern Retro Wrestling Podcast. The Northern Retro Wrestling Podcast is our vantage point with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. They talk every Monday night about the best in retro wrestling. It has become one of my favorites. Must listen for me right up there with the Pritchard Podcast. And the wrestling podcast about nothing. Well, I'm on the wrestling podcast about nothing, Mike. <laughs> okay. Well, make sure, yes, check out our Vantage Point. Uh, must hear, according to the Kingpin and myself. So uh, check out our Vantage Point. Just search that wherever podcasts are sold. And the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Jason Stewart holding it down over there on the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed. And there's stuff happening all week long. Just look up Rundown Wrestling on any podcast app. Find that, subscribe, and you'll be satisfied Monday to Friday for the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Well, on this podcast, Kingpin, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people they have to know good is through laughter. I hearken back to those immortal words uttered by one Tarzan Taylor. He sat me down and he told me, all it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothing's Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. I just have one question. What happens if I win? Didn't we have this conversation about hope last week? It's, it's a possibility. It's a possibility you can win. I mean, I guess. Long shot. The odds are kind of astronomical, but it could happen. So, yes, nothing emasculates a man like a heel laugh, and no one emasculates WWE superstars like Stephanie McMahon, this week's Heel Laugh Hall of Famer. <laughs> What's wrong with Stephanie McMahon? Well, you know what she does best. She makes people look weak to make her and her family look strong. Mike, why, are you, why do you feel threatened by a strong woman? Oh, boy. A strong woman <laughs> that can never get her comeuppance. What do you mean? She got put through a table at WrestleMania and was off TV for like eight months. Eight months? It wasn't long enough if you're asking me. <laughs> you, you're, you and Tarzan are to Stephanie McMahon what Mike Mills is to Triple H. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, great heel laugh. Uh, you know, exaggerated, phony, false. And yeah, and putting their golden child, Roman Reigns, in his place, which is, as I said, what they do best in the WWE. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> you sure you belong on this podcast? We usually don't do this on this podcast. Okay. Well, I better get out of here before I really start to uh, 
You're very salty tonight. I, I, I am. All right. To check out this Hall of Fame inductee in all her glory, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. Cake, but we're running long here. You are packing your bags, about to hit those highways and those byways this weekend, doing that pro wrestling gimmick. Where are you headed? Mike, Friday night, I'm heading to Brockton, Massachusetts. Top Rope Promotions. I'll be taking on in a first-time-ever encounter, Brandon Webb. Go to Top Row Promotions social media pages and brownpapertickets.com for full ticket and card information. I want to see you out there in Brockton on Friday night, everybody. And then on Sunday, Mike, I'm heading to Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, a bit of a Beyond Wrestling showcase on Women's Wrestling Revolution. It's the 2 p.m. Uh, pregame show that's going to be streamed live on the Beyond Wrestling um, YouTube page, followed by Women's Wrestling Revolution Tournament for Tomorrow on Powerbomb.tv. And uh, do me a favor if you're out there, you love Beyond Wrestling, you love great wrestling action, uh, especially independent wrestling action, go to Powerbomb.tv, use the code BEYOND, you get a free 30 days. Go check it out. Uh, and you can and you can watch some of the iPay-per-views that I've taken part in, part in recently. And uh, you can you can you can see this Sunday's event from from Worcester. Uh, but most importantly, you can see the uh, event I'll be part of at 2 p.m. for free right on Beyond Wrestling's YouTube page. How about that? We'll be I'm sure there'll be plenty of links tweeted out and shared on Sunday. But uh, and I would also recommend getting your ass to the show live and in person. How about that? All right, and it is a four-way hoss fight taking place, correct? It is, and it's going to be interesting in a in a eighteen-foot uh, ring in a very very condensed, you know, uh, arena, if you will, <laughs> venue. There's not a lot of space. There's not a lot of uh, places for all this humanity to go. So, yeah, you're not going to want to miss this one. All right. Well, if you want to see the Kingpin, go to Beyond Wrestling this weekend. And if you want to book the Kingpin, email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. And for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Armbar with Chad Alden and Paul St. Amon Jr., head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk. That is BDARadio.com. All right. We'll be back next Monday with episode 84 of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the new age insiders wrestling network then you can catch us back here next thursday for the next edition of the wpan on bdaradio.com and the podcast radio network happy thanksgiving everyone thank you very much for listening all year long we really appreciate it and until next time he is the kingpin brian malonis i'm mike crockett big ups to mucko and thanks for nothing Kenny, Kenny, you're on the air. You wanna pretend? Oh gosh, Kenny Allen. That I'm a pilgrim, and you guys are Indians. Okay, that would be fun. All right, that's the first Thanksgiving. Let's pretend that we can pretend. All right. And I'm like a robot pilgrim. Okay, brother. But you guys are just like regular Indians. Okay. You don't have any like superpowers like right. I do. Right, because you're the robot pilgrim. Sure. Right. So now pretend that I'm eating a big turkey. Okay. And I'm enjoying it. And you guys just have like chocolate bars and that's it. Okay. For Thanksgiving? Right. All right. So the big robot pilgrim is eating turkey. Why does a robot need turkey? 
Because she's hungry. So why else? <laughs> why else? I guess you're right. You're stupid, Fizz. Well, then how about we're Indians and we have bows and arrows and we steal that turkey? Right. No. Why? You guys are my friends. Okay. That's why we're eating together. Then oh, why yeah. are you sharing the turkey? Uh, you need to be thankful for what you have. <laughs> Which is chocolate bars. This is the worst Thanksgiving ever. What's well, the first Thanksgiving, Fuzzy? So it's you know I guess worst. I guess we don't know any better, and we <laughs> and we're really glad just to have chocolate bars. Yeah. So now pretend. Okay. That robots are chasing us. Right. And I get my lightsaber that I have, and I kill them. Right. Yeah. And you guys just try throwing rocks at it, <laughs> but they're not like big rocks; they're like like stones. Okay. And it does no good. And I just kill it off with my superpowers, like, easily. Okay. What if we got on our horses and we started charging at the bad No! What? You don't have any horses. We're Indians. Well, they no. they didn't have horses yet, Fez. Oh. It wasn't until later. I'm making up the rules. Oh, yeah. He's making up the rules. He's the robot pilgrim. I know, but what? it's no fun when he makes up the rules. Just Super listen ten. to the robot pilgrim, please. All right, we're pretending. Pretend that I'm eating my turkey again. Right. And I I hand some over to you. Oh, thank nice. you. Finally but then sharing. I take it away and laugh. <laughs> and what? everyone starts laughing at you. Who? The well, other? the other Indians and pilgrims. So even the other Indians having chocolate bars are laughing at us, too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. All right. So Why are we being humiliated on the first Thanksgiving? So now pretend. Yes. Yeah. That we start eating again. Right. And you guys, you start to choke. <clears throat> I'm choking. <laughs> yeah. yeah so now a, pretend. There must be nuts in this chocolate bar. That. Yeah. I give you the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> oh, brother. He saved us. Mmm, plenty good, thanks, Robot Pilgrim. I am not pretending. Why? I'm the leader. He's the leader. Who says he's we the do? leader? Well, he's a robotic pilgrim. Of course he's the, the, the leader. Just pretend. Yeah, just pretend. Yeah, can't you pretend? Pretend in real life. Okay. <laughs> what? This is really happening, so guys. pretend? It feels right. like it. That right. you guys... Got a new knife to defend yourself with? Nice. Right. Good. It's better than those stinking stones. And Good. you throw it against a tree and it breaks. Oh, jeez. And then everyone starts laughing at you again? The other Indians and pilgrims? Yeah, since that they have, like, guns jeez. and laser beams. How do they get them? Because they're, like, our special friends. Well, let me. And you guys are new. Friend. Let me and the other Indian have something to defend ourselves. Yeah. You've got the knives. Yeah, you but broke it broke. Well, pretend well, it that is our fault. Yeah, pretend that our knives break, but then we get lightsabers instead. No! Only I have the lightsaber. And we start running around with these lightsabers? Yeah, and we, cha and we chase the robots away from the turkey. And the Indians we didn't have lightsabers. We get to eat the turkey. Oh, he's no. right. Indians didn't have lightsabers. Only pilgrims did. All right. right. Robotic pilgrims. <laughs> I read that. All right. So now pretend. No. When is this meal going to end? It's Thanksgiving. It's a big meal. It is a big meal. Oh, boy. All right. Now what are we pretending? Pretend that 
you guys got kicked out of the club. What uh, club? The first Thanksgiving's club? Yeah. Oh. Ew. <laughs> so pretend. You're having too much fun tonight. I know. Yeah. That we start running around you guys and throwing stones at you and they're bruising you because you guys bruise easily. That's why you're always getting made fun of. We can. We're Indians. Why? Why can't you? But then we call your mom. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'll call your mom. No. I no. will. I want to tell. No. Don't, don't tell. I'm telling. Kenny Allen, don't tell. All right. Now he's telling, and we're all going to be in big trouble on Thanksgiving. Great. You ruined Thanksgiving again.